Strange American Woman, and here's the jingle. Welcome, welcome to the English podcast from Mm-hmm. That's me, yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone, wherever you might be on this planet. My name is Tommy, and this is another episode of the English Podcast with yours sincerely, Tommy. Um, today, this afternoon, or well, you know, actually it's this evening now because it's evening in time in Germany. This evening, I have another podcast debutant. She comes from Ciudad de Mexico, and she claims to have problems with public speaking and with presentations. But if any of you have been watching her reels recently, she manages to blow those cobwebs of fear away. And she's here this afternoon, this evening, on the English podcast with Tommy as a debutant. Welcome to Julieta. Hello, Tommy. Hello, hello, everyone. Good evening. Good afternoon in Toronto. It's 4.30 in Toronto. I'm so happy to be with you here today and with all of your audience. Well, you know, it's been a while because, you know, um, it's now September and I think I came to you in perhaps the beginning of the summer and I asked you, would you like to come on? And then you said to me, well, August is not very good. I said, August is never really good for anyone. We're all on holiday. And then suddenly it's September and she's and she's here with me. So, you know, to have you on here, Julieta, is always is, is a pleasure because I've been watching your feed for a long time. And I, I'm just, you know, words, words fail me when it comes to describing the amount of respect that I have for you, for what you do, for how you do it. So, you know, I'm not going to start kissing your ass about it, but, you know. <laughs> I was trying to remember how we met each other. I think I came across your profile uh, one time that you were having a live with Teacher Wheel. I think that's how I met you. You were having a live with Teacher Wheel and with Teacher Leo. Leon. Teacher Leon from from California. And I watched your video, the live, and I was like, oh, wow, these guys are pretty cool. And I started following you, and I started following uh, Teacher Leon as well. Well, you know, that's that. Thank you very much for following me. And you know, I've I watch you, but I've you know, I've never watched any of your lives. I think you have done a few lives. Unfortunately, I've never had the time to get through to watching them. But I do like everything that comes up on my feed when it comes that uh, Teacher Julieta has has posted something. Double click like double click like or and then keep watching make sure that i've missed nothing from your previous posts you know because it's not right to miss anything out but we're not here to talk about your posts we're here to talk about reading oh yes reading most people hate reading but there are a lot of benefits from reading I mean, yes. I, have to, I have to say at my tender age of 30, 30 something, um, or, you know, I just call myself forever 18 here for the purposes of age definition. Um, I, I, It's not that I don't like reading. It's just I don't have enough time to read. You know, yeah. you know because I, um, I have three kids and that's my excuse. And when people say, why? 
why do you not read anything? I say, I've got three kids. I don't know whether that's the best excuse that I can use, but it's that my kids take up so much energy. But tell me, you wanted to talk in particular about something called extensive reading. Is that why is that why I remember you calling it? Yeah, that's right. Extensive reading. Okay, so what is what does it mean extensive? Just just the word extensive it, by itself means what exactly? Well, in this case, it means that you are going to read, but outside the classroom with no academic purposes. Okay. You know, when you are learning English, there are lots of reading activities that you have to do in the classroom or for homework or for practice. Hmm. But the purpose of that kind of reading is to learn something, to oh. review vocabulary, to learn new words, uh, to learn new expressions. Mm. But when you read extensively, you are basically reading for the sake of reading. For enjoyment. For enjoyment, exactly. For pleasure, to have a fun time and mm. to learn. But learn is the learning is the second outcome. It's not the main purpose of extensive reading. Okay. Is because that clear? Yeah, that, that, that makes it that makes it much clearer to me because there will be listeners who will be in here listening to this episode thinking, I don't enjoy reading, whether that's outside of the classroom or whether it's inside the classroom, I cannot get on with reading. So why why should we or why would we or why could we, you know, I'm using quite a few modal verbs here. Why might we? You know, there's another one. <laughs> why might we could we should we would we want to read outside of the classroom for enjoyment if we don't enjoy reading wow that's a good question um i guess there are many things that you could learn i mean if you all of us we love learning new things right yeah. All of us who enjoy, like, we feel, like, great when we learn something that we didn't know before. So reading is a good opportunity uh, to learn new things and also, like, to experience things that we might not be able to experience ourselves. Okay. For example, uh, traveling. Many people don't have the opportunity to travel and see with their own eyes, uh, like, different cultures they, they don't have that opportunity but you can have that opportunity by reading so i guess that's like one thing that i would say to to people who don't who don't enjoy reading like well probably you haven't experienced uh the benefits of reading so, so we we need to we trying to so let me just let me just try and get my head around this because there used to be a time once upon a time that I hated reading you know I mean I would not read you know I would read I would read something and I was like I just can't get on with it I don't want to read any further I closed the book and I just put it aside and I wouldn't look at it again for maybe six months then I would open it again and I would realize well wait a second that's not that bad um, so what we're looking here is for an experience which a sort of experience which grabs us by the um yeah, I'm gonna use a Spanish word here, cojones, so to speak, and say, well, hombre, 
enjoy what you're doing because this is an experience that you that not many people can or will be able to experience am i right in saying this and pardon my poor language by the way because i know i'm speaking with a spanish speaker here but i'm 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 in i'm in awe when it comes to the um the amount of spanish swear words that i know and i it's interesting that i barely know any actual grammar despite my studies of spanish at university but when it comes to the bad words like the c word and the um in other words i know more swear words but anyway let's go back to let's go back to the story here the story is that we need to have some sort of experience am i understood have i understood this correctly exactly exactly and you have to think like what might be the reason you don't enjoy reading because uh i think it's not an excuse to say i, I don't love reading mm. i don't enjoy it but but why yeah. like have you ever asked yourself like why you don't like reading is it because you don't understand the words is it maybe because of the topic of the book? Is it maybe because uh, you're not interested in, in, in the genre or the topic uh, of the book? Like, th there can be many, many reasons. Mm -hmm. But when you choose, like, the right book, when you choose, like, a topic that you are interested in, uh, you're going to enjoy the experience. Because it's an experience. Reading is an experience. Uh, you have to choose it you have to choose it wisely yeah. obviously like if I go to a library and I pick a random book there are chances that I might not be interested in the topic yeah. I might not even you know like have the basic understanding or the vocabulary to understand that book because mm. it might be a very technical book or there are many reasons so uh yeah we have to choose our books according to our interests okay so would it, mm -hmm. would it also be right in saying that we should also choose not just the in something that interests us but also something that is of our level of learning with that also yeah exactly exactly so choosing a book and reading it's not opening a book and start reading words and oh i'm reading a book it's a whole process like you need to do a little bit of reflection you have to you know think about what you like what you dislike what are the topics you are interested in mm. you know like what kind of stories you like what are the topics that you are interested in or what would you like to learn about? So you have to ask some basic questions and then you can choose like a good book for you. Okay, okay. Let me just ask you a personal question here because you there will be listeners here who will be thinking, wait, Trudieta is not a native speaker. So then um, I, I, and you know, because we don't have any listeners here with us that watching this, I'm, I'm basically your only listener at the moment until you know until this is now till this goes around the world a hundred times before like Jules Verne um what books did you read extensively while you were learning English because let me just say your English is immaculate you know I, I, I've heard many I've heard many um non-native uh speakers non-native uh teachers and 
you know, there there will be flaws, but it seems to me that you you have an immaculate understanding of the English language. So what sort of extensive reading did you do when you uh, started learning English? We have a technical problem. Julieta is having a few problems here. Oh, I'm sorry. That was my po That was me. Okay. Was it you? That was me. I thought it was me and I was like, no. <laughs> guilty, guilty as charged. That was me. Um, I, I cannot say where we, I got to, I was asking you a question. What extensive reading were you doing? Did you do while you were learning English? And yeah, then, I heard that. Then you just, then you just dropped off the face of the earth. I was like, oh no, where is she disappeared to? Okay, so we'll try this again. Okay. okay. We'll go back. We'll come back in. Wait, where's the... Where's the cursor one? Let's be that one. How am I meant to know where it is? Oh, there it is. Let's try this again. Let's try this again, shall we? So, the question was, before we had a few technical issues here, what extensive reading did you do while you were learning English? Oh my goodness, that was a long time ago. I remember I read almost all the Mark Twain's books. Uh, Mark Twain's, uh, hmm, Jules Verne. He was one of my favorite authors. Uh, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, The Little Prince. Oh, wow. um, Mary Louise Alcott, Little Women, uh, Moby Dick, the classics. I read all the classics. Okay. You know, back then it was so difficult buying those books in Mexico because back then I was living in Mexico. So getting those books was super, super difficult mm -hmm. uh, and they were very expensive. Yeah. So those are like my treasures. They are at my parents' house. And those are my big treasures because I learned so much. You have no idea how much I learned from those books. What did, did you learn just the vocabulary and grammar from these books? Or did you learn about experiences? Or experiences. You... Experiences. Like how to express an experience. I was familiar with those books because I read them before in Spanish. Yeah. So obviously I knew what the books were, were were about. So the purpose of reading the books in English was, you know, like learning how to express those experiences that I was familiar with in English. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is the part where Tom Sawyer is going to get into the mine or whatever. Okay, yeah. so how how is it said in English? Like how would I express that in English? Because so I that Mm -hmm. Because I guess because you you read it originally in your mother tongue, which is Spanish, you yeah. knew where that you knew exactly where that phrase was, or you knew where that section of the book was because you you'd sort of remembered it from when you were reading it back when from when you were reading it in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Would, would you then say that it would be um, advisable for learners when they take a book? that they read a book perhaps that they enjoyed in their native language as well. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Watching movies or reading books that you've that you've seen before in your first language and then rewatching them or rereading the book in English. It's it's great. It's it's a great advice. I always advise my students to do that. Okay. okay. Because they can connect with the study better. Because they are familiar with the story. They know what's going to happen. They can relate to what is going on there. And then they can focus on the language, not understanding the story, you know? Mm. When you read a book and when, or when you watch a movie, you have to pay attention to too many things, like the vocabulary, what's going on, you know, like what is happening there. And then your brain is like very busy trying to understand Mm. Uh, like what is going on there but if you're familiar with the story then when you watch the movie in English or when you read the book in English you can focus on the language okay okay out of the uh just a quick one here and I'm going to put you on the spot out of the uh, Mark Twain books which one was your favorite uh the adventures of Huckleberry Finn oh wow Oh, wow. You've gone for Huckleberry then. Okay. Well, yeah, I was a big fan of him. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to have to stick my neck out here and say, for me, I've never read Huckleberry Finn. I've never read it. I've, I've read Gulliver's Travels. I never, I didn't quite get into it because I didn't understand the idea of this giant who goes traveling. Uh-oh. This was, for me, something which I never understood. Perhaps I need to go back and read it again. Okay, so we've looked at extensive reading and then there was a second topic that you came to me with and I the words failed me again because I can't I can't remember what oh we... no but before we moved on okay. into that topic uh, I have some advice because some students wonder like how can I practice extensive reading like how would I know if this is a good book for me or if this is not a good book for me hmm. There are, you know, as I mentioned before, several questions that you have to ask yourself. You have to understand uh, what are your likes and what are your dislikes. So after you have gone through that kind of reflection on, uh, and you decide like which topic you want to learn about or which topic would you like to read about, then there is the five finger rule. So the five finger rule is going to help you uh, find out if that is a good book for you. Have you ever heard about the five finger rule? No. And uh, no. No, I have never heard of this. But I'm going to get listeners now to get their pens and their paper out, or get their laptops out, get their keyboards out, and listen in now to the five finger rule that not even I have heard of. So. Oh, okay. So yeah, the five finger rule means that you're gonna. Pick a book after you have decided which topic you are interested about. You're going to pick the book. You're going to open the book randomly. Okay. It doesn't have to be the first page. You open the book and you start reading that page. Okay. Randomly. Well, even if it's the middle of a sentence. It it doesn't matter. You start reading the book. And then with your fingers, with your hand, you're going to start counting the number of new words that you come up with. 
Okay, so you read and then you will see like, okay, this is a new word. I've never seen this word before. So you start counting with your fingers. If you reach five, okay, then you close the book. That's not going to be a good book for you. Oh, wow. Okay, because I was thinking that the five finger rule meant exactly that if you pick up five new words, that's exactly the right book for you. No, 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 no. That, like if you pick like five words, that means that that book is going to be a little bit challenging. So if you if you are someone who enjoys challenges, yeah. okay, that might be a good book for you. Mm. Uh, but I I wouldn't recommend you reading that books if that book if you are not someone who enjoys challenges. Yeah. But if you finish the page and if you count you counted three words, that's the perfect book for you. So, if you only find like one new word or maybe zero new words, well, that book is not going to be very challenging for you for the sake of uh, learning new words. Okay, so it has to be exactly three words. Three, maybe two, three or four, but no more than five. Okay, so again, two... no more than five new words. Okay, okay. So then if I pick up, say, two to four words, which are new for me, mm -hmm. and that will be, relatively speaking, according to this five-finger rule, mm -hmm. something which will be, for me, quite, will be the right challenge for me. Exactly. You will be familiar with the vocabulary. Yep. So you're going to understand the story. It's not going to be confusing for you because you will understand most of the words. Yeah. But still, there might be new words, you know, like uh, popping up every now and then, which is fine because what you do is you write down on a piece of paper that word. And when you finish your reading session, you go to the dictionary, you look for the word, and then you can add up that to your vocabulary list. Quick question. When it comes to vocab looking vocabulary up, would you do it in a in an English to your native native language dictionary or an English English dictionary? I recommend using monolingual dictionaries. Super. Yeah, no Google Translate. No. no Google Translate. People, listen to me. Google Translate is not your friend. Google Translate lies to you. Google Translate is a liar. Yeah. Exactly. Don't trust, don't don't trust to Google Translate. Okay. So a monolingual dictionary is best. Super. Okay. So quick recap. We need to have a bit of reflection. What sort of books do we like? What sort of uh, topics do we like? Is the book the right level for me? Exactly. Yeah. With the five rule, with the five finger rule, you will know if that book is the right level for you. Okay, super. And actually, that the five rule finger is not only for English learners. That's a technique that uh, grade teachers use for grade one, grade two, grade three students. Mm -hmm. the how That's how native speakers of English choose their books when they are in grade school. Okay. So this is not only for English learners, it's for everyone. And it applies to any language, not only uh, to English. Okay, super. Okay, so 
That's the extent that's extensive reading for you, ladies and gentlemen. Now Julieta is going to pass on to you a bit more wisdom with her second topic that she chose. Oh, my second topic. Yeah. How to overcome obstacles in English. Like how have you ever wondered, uh, Thomas, what like smart people do when they are not good at doing something, but they still succeed? Like what what happens? Like what do that people have so they can succeed in spite of not having a particular set of skills? Well, that's it. I've always wondered what, um, you know, the masters of certain things have done, you know, masters of sciences, masters of the mathematics, masters of astronomy, masters of whatever it might be, have done to overcome adversity, you know, because there will be top, there will be things which pop up and, you know, people will be like, oh, you know, I give up on that immediately. But then these super whiz kids, you know, you've got your Bill Gates says you've got your Elon Musks, who I don't particularly like Elon Musk, nor do I like Bill Gates, but you've got these super whiz kids who manage to overcome adversity with by managing to I don't know how they do it. So so wise one, please tell me, how do they get around these these problems? I I don't know, but what I can tell you is that um sometimes uh we have difficulties mastering one particular skill because we are we cannot be good at everything, right? right? So some of us, we are good at listening. Some of our students are really good at reading. Yeah. Uh, some of our students are really good at speaking, but you might not be good at reading. So first of all, you have to recognize what you are good at. Mm. And then you can... You know, like focus on the things that you are really good at to overcome like other weaknesses that you might have. Mm. Um, a typical example that I give my my students is that I am not really good at listening. Mm -hmm. I am still having difficulties recognizing some sounds in English. Yeah. So if someone gives me uh, like a minimal pair example, I might not be able to tell like which one is which just by ear. Okay. Because my listening skills are not very good. Okay, I'm gonna put you on this. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. I yeah, have, I. Mm -hmm, yeah. I, ha I have a pair of pairs. Which one is the pair, and which one is the pair? I, I wouldn't be able to tell that just by 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 hearing, but yeah. because I'm good at grammar yeah. and I have learned pronunciation, I can tell you which one is which. But not because my ear detect like the long e and the short e. Yeah. Still, like that's a typical problem for Spanish speakers. Okay. Because we don't have long E, we don't have short E, but because I have studied grammar and because I have studied pronunciation and I've studied the uh, IPA, the phonetical uh, alphabet, then yeah. I can tell which one is which and I can, you know, pretend that <laughs> my listening skills are, are very good. 
Okay. Yes. Do you do you understand my point? Is that sometimes we might not be really good at some particular skill, but yeah. there are some other alternatives that we can, uh, you know, develop, and yeah. we can, you know, because, because it, what's interesting is uh, when I was learning my languages at school and then later at university, I always loved speaking. I prefer the speaking exercises. You know. When it came to German, French, Spanish, I always any speaking exercises I would happily I would happily I would happily be the one to put my hand up. When it was something to when it was something like a listening listening uh, exercise, I was I always tried to hide behind the person who was sat in front of me, and you know try and avoid having to give the answers to a listening exercise because to be honest. I hated all listening exercises. I was just bored stiff of them. I wanted to speak. I wanted to uh, express myself in the language rather than have to listen to someone expressing themselves in the in the target language. So for me, the, the listening skills wasn't because my ears were not fine-tuned to certain things. It was just, I just didn't like it. I preferred the active skill of listening rather than the so-called inverted commas passive skill of listening you know if you if you understand what i mean there yeah yeah sure yeah so that's also another thing we enjoy we might enjoy some particular activities and we might not enjoy other activities but still my point is that is not an excuse you know, because sometimes students, they give excuses like, oh, I'm not really good at listening. So uh, that means that I, I will never be able to speak English fluently because I'm not, my listening skills are not like the best. Mm. Or uh, I'm not good at reading. I don't like reading. So that means that I will never be able to, to you know, like be fluent in English. That is not an excuse. Still, there are other alternatives, there are other activities, there are other kind of exercises and practice that we can do to to overcome that. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. the, the fact that you are not really good at listening shouldn't be an excuse yeah. for not becoming a fluent speaker. There are alternatives that yeah. can help you. For example, grammar. For example, pronunciation. Yeah. So you don't have to hear every single word in order to understand what the other person is trying to tell you. Just for example, with my sentence, I have a pair of pairs. You don't necessarily have to have good listening skills to be understand to understand which pair is the fruit and which pair is the pair of pairs, as in two. Pair, you know, as in two, which is a pair, you can figure out from the way I from the way I said it, I have a pair of pairs. A pair would, would then basically say, ah, you have two of something, two of of plus the noun, noun pairs. So there you go, simple grammar, but therefore you don't need to have perfect listening skills. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, you got what I mean. Yeah. So if you know what a noun is, if you know what a quantifier is, yeah. then you can guess. So even though I don't understand, my ear cannot recognize the sounds, I yeah. understand what you mean. 
Super. Okay. Have you got anything else to add to this topic? Because I, you know, I would go on for another, as I would go on and on and on with this, but um, the time is ticking and, you know, sometime it's going to get to midnight and I'm going to wonder why have I, why have I not um, gone to bed? So would you like to add anything onto the, these two topics that you have presented? Sure. To us? Yeah, that's everything that I have to share for today. Okay, super. So recap, we have extensive reading, which is not reading for uh, certain, to learn a certain thing. It's to have an enjoyment of reading. For example, Julieta enjoyed reading Huckleberry Finn, whereas I, whereas I despised reading Gulliver's Travels, you know, same same author, Mark Twain, because you enjoyed the adventures of Huckleberry Finn. I, I'm I'm just presuming this. I'm presuming Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And then we have the let's not make excuses for not having good uh for not improving all of our all of the four skills of learning a language because you can find a way of getting around the problems. For example, if you don't have as good listening skills as you prefer, there's always improving your grammar so that you can understand when when someone says something to you, what they are saying and how they are saying it. These are just two examples here. If anyone else has got any more examples, feel free to drop them in the box below. And I am pointing down to a box, which is, you know, a made up box, but, you know, everyone knows where the box is. Julieta, how can we find you on social media? Oh, I'm on Instagram at Teacher Julieta. I'm also on Facebook at Teacher Julieta or English Teacher Julieta. Oh, I have forgotten my Facebook. I'm not very active on Facebook, no. uh, but definitely you can find me on Instagram at Teacher Julieta. And my website is www.teacherjulieta.com. Wow. Okay. So anyone who wants to find out where Julieta could be, we will be dropping her Instagram handle and her website into the imaginary box, which is not imaginary, by the way. It does exist. It's somewhere below you. Just don't look down because there might, there is no box there to look at at the moment. So now we know where to find you. Have you got any sort of courses or anything we can enroll on in the near future or at the moment? Uh, not at the moment. I'm an English teacher and I teach in a private uh, school in Canada. Hmm. Uh, in the future, I might offer my own courses, but uh, every now and then I take some private students. So if you are interested in taking classes with me, you can visit my website. But I don't have many spots right now because uh, I'm busy. Yeah. Uh, but if you're lucky enough, uh, if I have a spot, I would love to be your private teacher. And who wouldn't want to be your, who wouldn't want to have Julieta as her private tutor, as their private tutor or private teacher, I'd say. I mean, you know, if I was, a, if I was an English learner, I would be signing up to, I would be signing up tonight for your, for your English lessons. So there's, you know, that's just me. But anyway. Julieta, I would like to thank you very, very much for joining me. This 
evening, this afternoon. Um, it's been a pleasure listening to your wisdom, and I only wish that I had half the wisdom that you brought on this podcast today, because then I would be so far more advanced than I am at the moment as an English teacher. So my heartfelt gratitude to you. Thank you. And I'm Thank to, you so much. I'm Thank you, Thomas. Your, I'm going to shake your hand back. <laughs> <laughs> a virtual handshake. Yeah. Exactly. Who doesn't like a virtual handshake? Um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this episode has come to a not to an abrupt end, but to an end because of the time. It's quarter past eleven local time here in Germany, and it's what six hours earlier in. Is it six hours behind in Canada? Am I right? Yeah, it's five, almost five twenty here. Five twenty in the afternoon. Well, five five sixteen. Five sixteen. Yeah. I'd like to thank you very much for listening into this episode. Remember, there's the there's no excuse now for ever saying that your language skills are not good enough because teacher Julieta here has given you some perfect ideas of how to get around those problems. And there's no longer any any reason to say that you don't like reading because you've now got extensive reading, which is something that you can experience an enjoyment of reading. You will join me very soon for another episode of the English Podcast with Tommy. It's another goodbye from Canada. Bye, everyone. And it's good night for me here in Germany. Good night. Good night.